0: Episode 71 with Tracy Giddy. Welcome to Heart, Style, and Guts, where we come together to remember who we are, how powerful we are, and that together we can change the world by being ourselves. I'm Amy Biondini, and it's my pleasure to spend this time with you. Tracy Giddy is a soul alchemist, an intuitive coach, spiritual mentor, and shamanic guide to women. Ready to step into their power and potential. Hello, Tracy. Thank you so
1: much for being here today. Thanks so much for having me. This is exciting. It
0: is. I'm excited to see what happens. So you're a soul alchemist. Tell yes. me what that means.
1: So to me, alchemy means a transformation uh, from something that's heavy or um, kind of like the suffering type energy into something that's based in love, based in flow. So soul alchemy for me is me helping clients to go in through meditations, uh, through sessions, through a couple of different ways into their own subconscious, into their own energy. And number one, be healing themselves. And then number two, allow me to help guide them into kind of some deeper places to get to really the root of what's going on um, and really get that transformation in place to change that heaviness into lightness, uh, that confusion into clarity. That's the easiest explanation I got.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. Very, very powerful.
1: Yeah, I I think so. I like it a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think so too. (laughs) Yeah.
1: How did you uh, settle on soul alchemy? So it was a process. How far back do you want to go? (laughs) (laughs) So it was a bit of a process. And um, I kind of, I like to tell the story of this because there's a lot of, uh, shifting and pivoting and changing directions along the way. Mm -hmm. Um, But basically not going back too, too far. Um, Let's start off from my law of attraction coaching days uh, a few years ago, maybe five years ago where um, I was doing law of attraction coaching, doing EFT tapping. So I was kind of in this energy work thing. As soon as I started to open up to this um, kind of spiritual coaching side of myself, energy work was something that I was just naturally really drawn to. Okay. So what soul alchemy is, is basically a combination of my coach training, as well as my energy healing modalities, as well as whatever else is kind of just coming out from within me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so soul alchemy is really what I landed on, because for me, I don't really find a separation between um, like life and business and spirituality. It's all kind of uh, together as one. And it's all based upon our energy and our subconscious. So soul alchemy is kind of what it boiled down to whenever I was like, okay, so what's, what's the factor here? What's the, uh, what's the connector that's connecting all three of these things? And soul is just the way that I express that. It can mean energy, it can mean subconscious, anything like that. But, yeah, that's how I came to
0: it. Wonderful. Tell me more about your energy modalities.
1: Sure. Okay, so um, I think I went a little bit um, crazy when I started opening up my spirituality. <laughs> And like in a really, really good way, in the way that, you know, whenever you discover something and you just can't get enough of it and you just want to read all the books on it and it's everything like 15. that. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's really good. So that happened to me with my, um, with EFT. And then from there it was, I think it was shocker healing started to come in. Um, and then I took just, it was just called like an energy healing uh, course with uh, Deborah King, um, who is this amazing <laughs> healer in the States. Anyway, and so from there, I continued to go and, like, can I even name off all of what I've done? I don't even know. But it it was just um, a matter of, and I should mention, too, at this time, when I was doing this healing, I didn't feel like my intuition was developed at all. And I like to explain this to people often because so often women are like, oh, you know, I'm not in touch with my intuition. I'm not psychic and all these things. But in reality, I had really not much awareness of my connection to my intuition until one coach I was working with is like, you're super intuitive. Why aren't you believing in yourself? And it really just took that switch in myself. And then my psychic uh, abilities were developing from there. But uh, yeah, the energy healing was pretty well. Any book I can get my hands on, any course that I was called to, and then everything really started to shift for me um, whenever I uh, started to take courses on Akashic Records. That was kind of like uh, the shift that connected the energy healing work I was doing with my intuition. And that kind of created something powerful. And I think I took three or four Akashic Records courses um, before I felt complete on it. I wanted teaching from a lot of different influences. That was kind of my core thing. And I knew it was my core thing because I've always been like, obsessed with books, but not necessarily like, yes, I'd love to read them, but I just always want to be surrounded in them. And as soon as I learned about what the Akashic Records were, just our soul's, our soul's journey, basically our soul's history, I was just, again, that obsessive thing, like I need to know everything I can about this. And I was spending like at least an hour a day in my own records. So doing a lot of my own work um, has really inspired me to be able to help others do that as well.
0: Awesome. So tell us a little bit about what the Attract Records is. Yeah,
1: yeah. So they're they're my favorite. They're my favorite tool. Um, <laughs> so and the way I work with them is unique now too. After uh, you know multiple years of of being in them every single day, but basically wow. what they are is it's it's a way to access information. So at any point we can like whenever we have the right focus, um, we can tap into our own energy. See what's going on. Tap into uh, the energy of others with their permission, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, it, the Akashic Records is a way for us to understand it. So it's a way for us to get the information. And people will see them as different ways. You can go, you um, you go into them in a meditative state, and you're just very focused. And it just takes practice. And if you're feeling called, like if you when you hear the word, you feel kind of that pull then you have the ability to access them. Like, it's that simple. And then it's just a matter of practice and focus and then clearing your own disbelief that you can actually do this. Anyway, so whenever you get into there in this meditative state, you can ask all kinds of questions. Everything from, you know, you can look back at like, past parallel lives, all of that. If you're into that, you can just focus on, you know, this current life, why certain things are coming up for you. It can be really amazing for learning lessons, learning about relationships, figuring out what's best for business. It's it's really like, it's really all the information you could want. And so not only getting information in the records, you can also be clearing information in the records too. So releasing some trauma associated with um, circumstances that happened to you and still keeping the lessons. So you can do a lot of uh, really deep soul healing in the records as well. And most people work with the records in like, um, how, like how deep do you want to go in this? Because <laughs> <laughs> well, I can go pretty far. <laughs> okay, I know you
0: can. I'm intrigued by this um, idea that you can kind of clear the path through your yeah. own. And like how is that even possible? Yes, exactly. So
1: you're not necessarily, um, okay, so the way that we take in circumstance, the way that we take in everything that happens around us is through our perception. So everything gets filtered through our own perception. And we only take in from, um, from the things that happen to us what our brain and our subconscious beliefs deem is important to us. So that whenever we're shifting things in the Akashic Records, not actually shifting what happened, we're just shifting how we feel about what happened, our perception of it. So okay. that it's kind of from a, a higher perspective. And whenever we do that, we're releasing the heavy emotions attached to it. And we're pulling in um, more so of the energy of empowerment, of forgiveness, of um, expansion, and of the lessons. So that we're more kind of, even whenever kind of traumatic things happen to us, we're more grateful for our journey to be where we are um, than previously. So that's that's one way to do it. Um, that's one way that I find that the clearing works really, really well in there. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I want to jump back a little bit to when you talk yeah. about clearing your disbelief and also intuition. Because yes. I imagine that's that's key to working with energy.
1: Well, 100%. And that was, and I'm so happy that I struggled with it for so long because <laughs> I have the perspective now that I can help others do that. Because I was just in a state where like, no, I don't have an I'm not intuitive at all because I was totally blocking out. At even one point, I was so resistant, I wouldn't buy crystals. Like, I wouldn't go anywhere into that world um, be- because of my strong resistance to it. And there's a whole list of reasons why that was. A lot of it was clearing from, you know, societal beliefs that this mm-hmm. stuff is all kind of BS and that whole thing. But then also from um, just past life stuff and even like reading about it in history books about how people that you know had been tuned into disabilities, they were bad, they were wrong, they were like mm-hmm. Satan worshipers, all this stuff, right? Yeah. Which of course is is not true. So once I released a lot of those things, and this goes for a lot of other people too, yeah. um, once these things are released, then it's a matter of kind of building up your trust and your confidence. But I found that a big release of my perception around this, and this is subconscious perception, because in my mind, I'm like, yay, I love spells, I love crystals, I love cards, all this stuff but my subconscious is like but you're a bad person because you like this so I had to like do some reworking
0: there yeah yeah I feel like that's super common though oh so common yeah if you're drawn to this world one of the first things I think you hit on is the society beliefs that Mm it's bad and you can you know that's like being burned at the stake in past lives and stuff like that and it's amazing how much it does influence us
1: Yeah, it really does. And like, I mean, this is something that I'm still working on right now. Mm -hmm. So for example, I had my first in-person workshop and I wanted to have it like almost right next door to my house. Like it was, it's a one minute walk from my house to the center that I had it on. And it was very important for me to hold that workshop there. And this was just a few weeks ago um, because even coming out in my community here, like normally I'm working online and I'm, I'm confident in that. That feels good. But working in person here, um, where my community is and where I have to explain to people what I do, that's been a huge leap for me. And I've already, this year, made so many leaps and bounds with this. Um, but it was uncomfortable, and I definitely didn't want to do it. But in doing so, I've opened up so much more of my own gifts and um, my own acceptance of self as
0: well. Let's talk more about that, because I feel like there are a lot of, well, women particularly, but I'm sure you know, men as well, who are kind of undercover woo, Yes.
1: So, so much. Yeah. And like, I mean, that's still my thing too, is when people ask me what I do, uh, I always have to gauge who it is, the person that I'm talking to, what answer they get, whether they get, I'm a life coach because it's just easier. And then I can kind of like walk away. Or if they're like really intrigued, then I'll go into, let me tell you, let me tell you about what I actually do. Um, But yeah, I, I do find that very much so so many people don't really know how to bridge that and even i'll see people on facebook and i've i've seen this before is that they won't like a post that has to do with spirituality because they don't want the other people on their facebook page to know what they're really all about um so there is kind of like the stigma there around it but i think that that's continuing to shift the more people are opening up to it and the more people are opening up to um like spiritual leaders and authors and things like that that are very much coming from a place of, I guess, I want to say wholeheartedness, right? Because there's a lot of people out there still that are kind of just like, everything is good, be positive all the time, um, as opposed to kind of really getting into um, the self-healing aspect of it. So the more of these kind of wholeheart um, leaders that we have, the more I think that people are accepting of themselves a bit more, because whenever you're going down that route of, um, just positivity all the time, you're still just pushing all of these subconscious beliefs down. So the more that we're allowing ourselves to self-heal, the more that um, we're going to expand more of who we are to the people that we love. And yes, of course, you know, if you have somebody that's like, you know, somebody in your family that's like insanely religious or something like that and like is not open to something like this feels like anything like this is, is the devil's work. That's not the person you, you, it's not your job to convince them. You just need to, you know, be secure in who you are and realize that some people are not going to accept that because they, uh, that's, that's just their journey. And that's, doesn't have anything to do with your own self-worth or anything like that. It's about focusing on the people that kind of spark an interest whenever Mm -hmm. they, um, or even I've had like messages from people being like, I didn't know you were into this stuff. This is so amazing. And then it sparks new relationships from there. So it's doing your own self-healing work so you're accepting yourself first, and then you're going to find that the people that are reaching out to you are accepting and creating, um, creating new relationships from there too because I'm kind of spiraling all over the place here. <laughs> no, but no, no, it's, no, no. yeah, because our outer world is just a reflection of what's going on inside. So the more we're accepting of ourself and our own, our own like woo-woo lifestyle, the mm-hmm. more we're going to attract people that are accepting of that and the few people we do pull in that, you know, don't really understand it, they're not going to give us any trouble or any grief or anything like that. Like, I don't think that I have ever actually had any issues or trouble with anybody thinking that what I was doing was crazy or bad or insane or anything like that. My own self has been my biggest um, yeah. my biggest hurdle to get through, for sure.
0: Well, I think it always is, and it's so funny that you say that because I feel like as we start to open up to what, what we do and here we are, It allows others to kind of open up as well. Because one of the things that I found is when I start talking about angels and cards, I've got like two cousins who do similar things, and I have no idea. Yeah, it's like that's crazy. Like my grandmother turns out she was psychic, and like my mom has these dreams which are incredibly real and often come true. It's like how did I not know this?
1: It's amazing when you open up, and it's the same for me. Like now, I'm at the point where like when my uh, when my family gets together, I have uh, two brothers, two sisters they'll be like, hey, bring your cards over and I'll do card reading for everybody. So it's, it is pretty interesting um, how, m- how much people are open to it. And especially now, it seems like so many people are going through this, this spiritual evolution and are more open to these things.
0: Definitely. I do feel like it's become a lot more mainstream.
1: Yes, absolutely. And now it's just about um, using your discernment because it is so mainstream now, yeah. actually paying attention to who you're drawn to And then just asking, is this really resonating with me? Or do I feel like I have to buy this because they have the answers? Always find people that encourage you to get the answers within. They can give you advice and guidance and all that stuff. But always finding that within very, very big. Uh, That's what I found in my spiritual journey. I've gone through the other way um, where I've listened to my coaches above my own intuition and that didn't work. That didn't work for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I've been there too. It doesn't work. No. But I kind of feel like it's a part of the process.
1: Yeah, it it, it has to be, right? Because yeah. then it's just um it's just another growth opportunity.
0: Definitely. Because I feel like when, if you're in that space where you believe the answers are outside of you, and then you believe your coach or your mentor, whoever, over your own intuition, and it mm-hmm. doesn't work, it forces you to look inside and trust yourself a little bit more.
1: Absolutely, and it's interesting. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. It's, it's, it's interesting too because when you're talking about that, what it's bringing up for me is whenever you're putting um, all of your all of your cards, I guess, in, in somebody else, mm-hmm. then it, it creates this um, responsibility on the other person, and then if things don't necessarily go as, as you would hope, it creates this energy of disempowerment and blame and things like that. So it it is really interesting.
0: It is, and I think that's one of the things we have to be watchful of or mindful of, as kind of coaches and healers, mm-hmm. isn't creating a situation where our clients are dependent on us.
1: Yeah, and that's again, that's something else that that's one of the main things that I practice on is because I have this natural tendency where I'm 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 you know I'm I'm part nurturer and part um, a really bossy person. So I have like <laughs> I have that balance, but the the nurturer part of me wants to take responsibility for. Um, for my clients, right? And to make sure that I'm giving them enough and that they have enough tools and that they have all the things they need. But when it comes down to it, I have to consistently, after every single session, make sure that I'm fully detached, that their power is all the way to them. I have no responsibility for what they do. And it's it's not a, it's not a bad thing to say you don't have responsibility for other people. It's actually the most um, empowered thing you can do for them is energetically even besides like actually um consciously saying they are responsible for themselves but energetically just cutting that off and saying okay now they have the tools i've done my part of it now they are responsible for
0: their own journey definitely and i think it's a little bit like riding a bike mm. constantly you know popping them up they never learn to actually ride and be confident in themselves Uh Exactly.
1: Yeah. And I've, I've turned clients away before that have had um, too many consistent sessions with me for too long in a row, because I felt like um, we were not hitting into their empowerment. Like we're hitting into them coming to me for guidance. But what, what would end up happening is every session, they'd ask me a question. And what I would get through to them is basically asking the question back to them consistently over and over again until they gave me the answer because that's really where the gold is 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 their own answer
0: that's true and I think actually as women culturally we do take responsibility yeah yeah for sure <laughs> yeah we really kind of that's I don't know if it's built into us or it's just trained into us but like we want to help we want to take care we want to nurture mm-hmm. and it, there is a point where it can be dangerous particularly it's something like healing or, or coaching
1: Absolutely. Oh, and it can deplete you, exhaust you, turn into burnout, so many things. But I do recognize that so many women now, and I mean, there's there's men as well. It's just the majority of women that I tend to see is that they have such a fire in them where they know something is bigger for them. They know they want to create change. They're eager to accept this responsibility and to kind of in this energy of do whatever it takes. So it, it that's often the balance that so many people need is... Letting go of the responsibility and having some um, having some downtime really. Yeah,
0: yeah definitely. Talking of balance, I would love to hear your take on um, the balance between masculine and feminine energies.
1: Yes, absolutely. All right, so and th- this is different for everybody. Like me personally, I am—I have much more masculine in my energy, which is funny if you look at me because I'm a pretty girly person. <laughs> um, but if you ask my husband, I definitely have more masculine energy, and that just means that you know I—I want to move, I want to go, I want to get things done, and um, I, I want to be taking action and all of these things. And then, so what this requires for me is to balance it out consciously with my feminine. So that I'm not just giving, I'm actually receiving at the same time too. So that I am taking that downtime for me. So that it's it's really just the balance between um, action and, uh, I guess, I want to call it creation. Even though it's you're not necessarily creating something, but giving yourself that kind of darkness space. So the way that I visualize it is actually the feminine being like the, uh, the uh, one black side, right? And that's just a place uh, to rejuvenate uh, this quiet, this receiving. Um, And of course, there's many facets to this, to the Mm -hmm. divine feminine as well. But that's what I picture it as this, just this kind of nurturing, slow moving, very important aspect, Um, this almost like Mother Earth really grounded. And then on the other side, which is what I pictured to be kind of like the white side of the equation. And that is more so like, that's the forward movement. That's the now that clarity was gained on the dark side, moving it into some action. So. For me, this masculine and feminine balance um, is basically just paying attention to, am I doing way more of this action or am I doing way more of this resting and kind of rejuvenating and how can I balance the two? And it is like for me personally, it's at least a daily practice of paying attention to what I'm doing. And um, my downfall has always been staying in the masculine, working too hard not paying attention to my own needs or my body and then come crashing down, then I'm forced to be in the feminine. Um, and generally that's what people call burnout. Right. Um, yeah. so again, when you balance the two, it's, you can have more of a flow of moving towards your desires and your goals and less of a uh, struggle, I guess. Yeah.
0: Okay. So there'll be some signs that we've gone too much. Into into, one or
1: yeah. Into one or the other. So, yeah. um, I'm not super familiar with going too far into the feminine. So I'll feel into that a little tiny bit, Um, but yeah, going too far in the masculine, feeling unclear, um, feeling unfocused, feeling ungrounded, anything that makes you feel like you're not like connected and focused in what you're doing. That can be sometimes going too far into the masculine. Whenever those things happen, all it is is bouncing back over to the feminine, taking a day, taking a few hours, taking some time to nurture yourself. Now, if you're too far into the feminine, generally what that means is you are kind of floaty. Um, actions not, don't really take place. You have a lot of ideas, but things don't get organized and structured and then kind of moving into reality. So you can kind of, you're kind of floating up and above when you're in the feminine. Um, which is interesting because I say the feminine's grounded, but it's also uh, creatively open at the same time too. So if you find that you're in this place where you're not necessarily um, moving towards anything you desire, you're just kind of coming up with a lot of ideas, then you're probably too much in the feminine, and it's time to be like, okay, let's get things a little bit more structured, and what action steps can I take today to make all of these gorgeous creations a reality? And then just... Creating a doable plan, I feel like, is the best way to move from the feminine to the masculine,
0: if that makes sense. (laughs) That it does make sense completely. And I was just thinking about how many kind of fellow woos that I know who prefer to be up in the ethers. Yes. And not kind of come down to earth as as it were. So I was just appealing into that, Mm -hmm. like almost that contradiction in the feminine of being Mm -hmm. kind of up there and being really grounded at the same time. Mm -hmm.
1: And those I find are different aspects of the feminine, right? Because there is, the, uh, there is that openness, um, which is so important to it. But if you're not bringing that down to the ground before you're taking action on it, and th- this is a step that I miss all the time. And even last week, I learned this lesson again. But taking that gorgeous um, energy that you're pulling down from spending time in these higher places, taking it down and grounding it down in a feminine way. And then from there, taking action on it is what I see as like, um, the most beneficial flow.
0: So how do we do that? How do we bring it down to the ground?
1: Yeah. So let's see. There's many different ways we can bring it down to the ground. One way that um, like is the most simple way to do it is writing things out on paper. That really allows things to start to get grounded. Now, making sure that your energy is grounded as you're doing that. So everybody has a different grounding practice. You may be doing this outside, sitting underneath a tree with your bare feet on the grass. You might um, have just gotten out of an Epsom salt bath and you're feeling very present in your body. Maybe you just did some exercises or anything like that to get really grounded. So the point is basically that um, we can ground anything we want if we ourselves are grounded. So whenever these um, kind of flights of inspiration come in, mark them down on paper or record them or whatever you do, But before you're taking action on it, just take a moment to make sure you're fully grounded and then tune into the idea again. And then it's going to continue to open and expand more from this grounded place. And it's just going to add so much more uh, power to it really. And then from there, this is when you can do, even if you're not creating like a strategy action plan, like you don't have to necessarily do all those things. I love those things, so I (laughs) tend to go there. But even if you're just like, I don't know how I'm going to get to my end destination, what is the first step, then that's enough of a masculine to get things moving so that you're just getting one step even, yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's so powerful but so hard to do in the moment is if you get the inspiration and like you want to go run with that straight away. Yes, yeah. Like taking that pause is, I imagine it gets missed quite a lot. (laughs)
1: absolutely and i feel like maybe i should have like a big flashing sign here in my office that says have you grounded this idea (laughs) and just just to remember because yeah that's i agree that that happens a lot and again this is for people that um have a lot of this type of energy um in in their body yeah
0: yeah i need one of those signs as well definitely Mm -hmm. (laughs) i agree yeah how does, I'm just curious, how does energy play into your everyday life?
1: Yes, so um, all over the place. The energy plays into my daily life as to the degree that I am conscious and present in my daily life. So, for example, if I'm on a day where there's a lot of family uh, duties, I have three kids, a puppy and a hedgehog, there's, there's always things to do here, right? Yeah. Um, whenever I'm un, ungrounded and unpresent, I'm not noticing energy stuff, like, at all. And in contrast, whenever I am present and I'm saying, okay, so, you know, what's going on with me energetically right now? I guess self-reflection is the number one way that energy plays a role on a day-to-day basis with me, paying attention to how I'm feeling. Because as I'm paying attention to how I'm feeling, I'm also paying attention to... Um, what I'm attracting, the energy of everybody around me. Um, this is what I find really cool about this, this puppy that I just got too and about dogs in general is that, and kids too will do this, but you can really see a reflection of what's going on inside you, even if you're not expressing it, with the, the children and the animals in your life because they're picking up on what's going on deeper within you. So if the animals are feeling anxious or the kids are acting up and acting crazy, just kind of calming down and pay attention to what's actually going on inside me. So self-awareness is the biggest way that energy works. As far as like practices um, that involve energy stuff that that varies from like moon cycle to moon cycle but normally I am um, normally I'm doing some journal work almost every single day whether it's like a productive journal work and I'm working through something or I'm just writing out whatever's coming to me um that's that's a big part and then from that journal work normally what happens because as i'm journaling i'm tapping into my intuition is that i will spiral onto some type of subconscious clearing for myself some type of um shamanic journey or guided meditation and then do some self-healing work from there um so that's that's almost daily for me as long as i'm conscious of it of course there's days where like for example this um past weekend for two days of the weekend i was doing more of like drinking on the beach than necessarily paying attention to my energy um, but that's what my body needed, so that worked out just fine for me. Um, but, yeah, on a day-to-day basis, it's tuning in to self-reflection um, and what's actually going on inside me is my the number one energy thing that I um, will prioritize.
0: So when you say you're tuning in to your energy, mm-hmm. what, what does that mean in practice?
1: It just means paying attention to your body, basically. It means uh-huh. first um, just kind of the way that I generally will like to do it is um, – You can do it in any manner of way. You can do it like laying in bed, in the shower, and whatever. But the way I like to do it is feet flat on the floor, sitting in a chair, back comfortably straight. I find that's the easiest way to notice the energy. And if you are someone who's um, intuitive, you can just tune in and say, what's going on with me today? And if you're someone that's still developing on that side, you can just breathe. And you just really want to ground your body first and just focus on anchors coming out of the soles of your feet into the earth and that earth energy coming back up into your body. That just allows you to get centered. And then you can repeat, I am grounded in my body. I am present in my body. So you want to be present in your body too because normally with our to-do list and our busy lives, we're always outside of our body. So you just want to pull that back in first mm-hmm. and then just notice any sensations that are happening in your body and just say, hmm, I wonder what that is. And then just see what pops into your head. Because if you have like a fluttering in your stomach, it might be like, for example, a nervousness or an anxiety. And you say, hmm, I wonder why that's there. And just see what pops into your mind, what thoughts pop into your mind. This is actually a really cool way to be developing your intuition as well. And then you're just asking yourself, I wonder why this feeling is there. And just from that place of asking, you're opening yourself up to so much more self-discovery and so much more self-healing. And as soon as you recognize that that feeling is there, you can let it go. Then again, you could tune into your body and the you, when you're asking, what am I feeling? It's fantastic and that's great too. And then you just want to say, okay, let's expand this feeling of feeling fantastic. And let's carry that with me throughout the day. So it's not always necessarily healing. Sometimes it's just expanding on the good feelings that you're feeling too.
0: Sounds wonderful. So it sounds a lot like it's a good place to start is by being curious.
1: Yes, curiosity. That's like my favorite, favorite, favorite Favorite thing it, because it's it, there's a big energy difference between um, seeking for something and suffering and struggling to get the information and being like ah I need this and being curious and just being like hmm I wonder why that that's there I wonder what's going on the more you can keep kind of that childlike curiosity the more you're going to actually be able to get to the energy of the solution of the answers you're looking for because you're you're flowing towards it as opposed to when you're this energy of um, of seeking and really trying hard to get there then you're creating some resistance and you're creating a little bit more difficulty towards getting that solution
0: yeah absolutely and i think it's it can be really difficult though when we want something and we really 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 want it yeah. and we're like we, we cling on to it so hard that it's really hard to kind of step back and be a little bit more
1: curious. Absolutely. And this is why tuning into herself is was what or tuning into myself is one of the daily practices because then I can feel if I'm feeling tension in my back or, or here and there, then I know that I'm putting too much pressure on myself to move towards it and I'll ask how can I slow down? How can I calm down? How can I allow this to flow more naturally? So, yeah, it's and that's why it's a practice. It's not something you're like, okay, so from now on, I'm only going to be curious. I'm not going to try hard for things. I'm going to let them flow. Um, it's tricky to just say that to yourself. So it's a lot easier to turn it into a practice of whatever
0: works for you to tune into yourself. Is that very related then to your kind of your attraction background, do you think?
1: I think potentially. It's hard to say now. It's all kind of like so molded into one. And law of attraction was an interesting thing for me because I had been using it my entire life and never had a word for it until The Secret came out. And I read through that and I was like, oh, this is what I've been doing. I gotcha. And then from there, I was able to kind of like had a word, law of attraction, to apply to it to advance my studying on it. Yeah,
0: I feel like law of attraction is one of the first entry points for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, it really is, because it's kind of like this bridge between um, the physical reality and just what's going on right here and being like, oh, there's a lot of forces at work that I can actually contribute to and work with. So, yeah, I agree that that is, it's is, It's like a gateway.
0: It is. And I think the secret was actually a really big part of the reason that spirituality has become, some, has become so mainstream now.
1: I agree. I do agree with that. And what, what I've actually found though is that it can also be a hindrance because some people that that's the extent of their learning. They're like, okay, well this is it. But then there's so many other pieces to the puzzle than just what's shared in the secret. So um, yeah, so I'm always encouraging people to expand and when something calls to them, keep reading on it, keep watching videos on it, interviews, whatever, um, because it's not just, it's not just that tiny little piece, it's expands out and everybody's own learning experience is going to be so different. So just keep reading and watching and doing
0: things. Definitely. And I think the secret was out, gosh, over ten years ago now. Oh and yeah. I, and I think we have to remember that at that point that was what humanity was ready for in the mainstream. Yes. So like it's a really good introduction and a good taster. Yes. But there's so much more
1: there's so much more like Rebecca Campbell now too. Um, it wasn't that long ago. I listened to her audio book of rise, sister rise. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, it just made me so happy that this book is like a bestseller, right. And a lot of people are absorbing this information and, um, more so than anything else, I would just felt so much gratitude for the book being written and being out there. So, yeah, I do agree that, um, it's, it's really beautiful to see all of these works and all of this information coming out and, uh, as long as people aren't putting too much, um, too much weight on them and just saying, what works from this that feels like truth for me and not necessarily taking everything they read as absolute truth because it is a little different for every person.
0: Yeah, I think that's one of the interesting things with energy is that we all experience it differently. Yes,
1: yeah. yeah and, and of it, course we do, right? We have different yeah. perceptions, different circumstances, different lives.
0: It, it makes a lot of sense, but I also think it trips a lot of people up. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Because we should see things or we must hear things. And it's like, well, everyone's experience is different.
1: Exactly. And I, you'll see that in like self help uh, too, where people will like go and read a book and they're like, well, this is crap. It didn't work for me. So it, it must not work for anybody. But at the same time, it's just going to be unique. Just like even with the way that like medicine works, not the same medicine is going to work for the same person. Everybody's completely unique. And as unique as we are physically, we're a billion times more unique energetically. So that just if, if something doesn't feel right, just leave it to the side and see what does
0: feel good to you. Absolutely. And I think one of the key things is with energy, we're looking kind of at modalities and authors and all of that good stuff is to really listen to what we're drawn to mm-hmm. because that's probably the best kind of all work for us. Because yeah. I do feel like when we look at authors and speakers and spiritual teachers, and it kind of goes back to what you were saying about them being so in the mainstream that we think we have to kind of, engage with If mm-hmm. they are giving their, their lessons their teaching from their perspective yep. which is what we all do obviously we do mm-hmm. and the people they're calling who are drawn to them naturally will be in a kind of similar path so yes. the teaching will speak to them whereas if you're just like oh well gabby bernstein's really popular i must do it her way exactly it might not work for you because she might not be the teacher for you
1: Exactly, and actually, that's that's a great example because th- that was me buying her books and being like, "Okay, well, I got to read this," and I could never get past two pages of any of her books, no matter how hard I tried. I was like, "No, I, I you know, I got to read this woman. I got to see what she has to say," and I couldn't do it. And then, whenever I was finally just like, "You know, what's going on here?" and it's, she's just not the teacher for me. Which is my body has this trick that it does to me where when something's not good for me, it will physically make it stop. Um, my body's very good at that, but it's, yeah, it's, it's really interesting, but yeah, it's funny that you bring that up specifically, because that was the case for me too.
0: Well, it was for me as well, I mean, i was seeing Gabby everywhere, and I wanted to engage, and I think I've got like two or three of her books, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't speak to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's fine, and because she's helping, you know, many other people that do resonate with it, so that's absolutely, I yeah. recommend
0: her quite often, quite often, and it's yeah. funny, because I didn't like it in my world, Yep. so that I can guide other people towards her who she does resonate with.
1: Yes, exactly. And that's the same. I've recommended her for people too. Like I don't look at her teachings and think, well, this is crap because I couldn't get into it. It's just not for me. But sometimes her name will pop into my head whenever I'm talking to a client and I'll know, oh, she's perfect for, for Gabby, yeah.
0: I definitely have that as well. And I think that's a really good point that you just raised is that it's not crap because it doesn't resonate with you. Right. I think people do... They do think that. It didn't work for me, so it's all crap.
1: Yes, exactly, yeah. And I think that's that's pretty common, too. <laughs> yeah, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's just that's just another way to release judgment, another way to notice, oh, hey, if I'm feeling this way, that's okay. Don't feel guilty that I think something is crap, but just let it go. Just work on letting that
0: go. I think that's one of the areas that people struggle, or I see people struggle with an overtraction. It's like, but it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's like,
1: There's a lot potentially going on there. Yes, exactly. It's like I looked at this picture of this car for a month straight. Why is the car not in my life? And I'm like, well, let me see. I got 200 other questions for you that we can, like, (laughs) uncover what's going on energetically and subconsciously about
0: that first. Yeah, definitely. I think it's about being curious and about following your curiosity, like you said, and and see where it leads you. Because it's not that clear cut with energy is what I find.
1: Oh, definitely not. And it can change moment to moment based on our own perception and what's going on around us. And certain things can happen in the world that cause a lot of collective fear. And we sometimes are feeling this fear and this anxiety just from what's going on in the world and nothing even to do with us. So it's there's there's a lot to it. That's why it's a daily practice, not something to figure out in a weekend.
0: (laughs) So, So true. Tracy, thank you so much for your time today.
1: Yeah, it's my absolute pleasure to be here.
0: It's wonderful to talk to you. Now, everyone's got to meet you and got to know a little bit about you and your energy, feel your energy. How can they stay in touch?
1: Um, The best way to stay in touch is you can visit tracygoody.com. And just you can sign up for my emails there. I, I don't email super often, so I'm not super annoying, but I will, um, I will keep in contact with you. And then you can also get links to my social media there at tracygoody.com, uh, to my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter, LinkedIn, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, you can check me out there. It would be amazing. Wonderful. Well, thank
0: you so much again. Oh, my pleasure. so great to hang out with you today if you love the show please leave a review on itunes if that it really helps get this message into more ears this is amy biondini Leave your truth be yourself